The didgeridoo means it's time for the Australian News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McCarran from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline, February 19th, 2012. Well, g'day folks and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 186. Grant, you're sitting over there with a bunch of cicadas in the background. Uh, are you sitting at Rob Mark's place or is it just summertime here? No, it's summertime here. It is a warm lick, nick to nicht. And uh, mate, it's been a very full-on weekend for me from uh, getting up very early to crew the balloons on the Saturday morning to staying up extremely late on the Saturday night. Let's just say if it wasn't for siestas and energy drinks, I'd be... Um, not able to record this right now. Oh, well, you're doing very well, mate. Uh, talking about balloons, I tell you what, uh, 4,000 stranded Air Australia passengers might just be looking to balloons. It might be the only way they can get home from where they are after the airline that rebranded itself from Strategic only three months ago has uh, been grounded. It's bankrupt. We don't know what's going on. They seem to launch to such fanfare and uh, all of a sudden they're granted. So to help us out with all these vexed questions about Air Australia and what happened to them and what went wrong is uh, one of Australia's most uh, experienced aviation journalists, Ben Sanderlands. Hi, Ben. Good day, guys. How are you going? So what happened there, Ben? I mean, we were just celebrating the uh, the rebranding from Strategic to Air Australia, it seems like, only five minutes ago, and here they are, they're bankrupt and they're, they're grounded. In fact, uh, I uh, do not find the official account of why Air Australia failed at all credible. I believe we need to know a lot more. We are told that Air Australia suddenly completely ran out of money uh, and uh, could not refuel an aircraft, uh, the A330, uh, on the ground at Phuket. That is not actually plausible, even though it's factually correct. Uh, there will be a creditors meeting by the administrator Corda Mensa, who uh, of course uh, achieved great fame for their uh, administration of ANSET after it uh, collapsed in 2001. And uh, I think at that creditor meeting in the middle of this uh, coming week, we're going to hear a lot more detail. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, quarter Mentha, I mean, it's almost like history repeating itself. And uh, the other coincidence here is the, the gentleman that's running Air Australia used to work for ANSET. I mean, not in a managerial capacity, but uh, boy, history repeating itself. It seems to go right around in circles. Yes, it does. And in fact, it has been reported accurately uh, that quarter Mentha had unofficially been assisting Air Australia for some period of months. Uh, according to some reports, up to six months uh, before it uh, failed. And I think we all had very clear warning signs of trouble back at the end of November, literally only a few weeks after it had been rebranded as Air Australia, when uh, a major travel insurance company, Cover More, refused to insure Air Australia uh, against insolvency claims. And it was actually making customers who were buying Air Australia fares through actual retail travel agents sign a form that they understood that no insolvency insurance would be available. That was a fairly big warning sign. Yeah, and then that was a huge at the one. end of the following month, uh, Air Australia leaked the story that they were talking to a convicted criminal, Jeffrey Edelston, uh, as a potential white knight to uh, save the company. Seemingly unaware of the fact that Mr. Edelston would have been barred under the various fitness uh, provisions that exist in Australian law and administered by uh, CASA. But that would have barred him from having an executive role, but not from being an investor. Is that correct? Not necessarily. The proposition was that he would become a very substantial cornerstone investor. The issue of control and influence then arises. And uh, the advice I have is that this is something that CASA would have had to have looked at 
with a great deal of care. Some people have been saying in some circles that perhaps they were insolvent and perhaps uh, attempting to trade while insolvent. Is, is that the rumours you've been hearing? Well, it's more than rumour in the sense that if an airline actually flies to a destination without enough money to uh, refuel the aircraft, it was indeed trading while insolvent. And for a company to suddenly announce at 1.30 in the morning that it mm. no longer had any money in the bank to pay any expenses whatsoever is prima facie a case of trading while insolvent. Especially when that company just less than 24 hours beforehand had been vehemently denying that they were going anywhere near insolvency. Absolutely. I was very annoyed when I was given a categoric assurance that uh, this was all nonsense and the company uh, was not in any way contemplating uh, going into administration. I don't like being lied to. I don't think uh, the uh, 4,000 or more passengers who are inconvenienced are very happy about the situation either. And I think that Mr. James has to appear in public and he has to explain himself by the dollar and by the hour. What happened? I'm just looking at your article here on uh, crikey.com.au and the final paragraph here uh, states that it was often assumed that Air Australia was setting itself up to be bought by Qantas or Virgin Australia, but this never made sense. Well, it certainly doesn't make sense. I, I hadn't been aware of those uh, those rumours going through the industry, but uh, do you think that was perhaps their strategy right from the start? Well, it had been suggested uh, Mr James, the owner, did not actually ever say it in as many words, but it had been suggested in various quarters that he'd been uh, keeping in touch with uh, Uh, the other carriers, whether or not that was true, it was patently absurd uh, because Air Australia never at any stage actually owned anything. Uh, and um, you you have to really ask yourself what value could possibly be put on goodwill for a company that's gone down, stranded 4,000 people, taken money off another odd 96,000 people for fares and went completely and utterly broke in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one that you raised there about, you know, they were vehemently denying that they were going under, but they must have known they were in trouble and, and things were getting worse, yet they were still selling tickets on their website, much in the same way that Qantas was at the same time that they knew they were going to ground the whole airline. So that flies in the face of ACCC, you know, Australian Consumer Competition Council, their laws about fair trading. Uh, you're quite right. Uh, Qantas was selling tickets at the time when management knew full well that those tickets could not be honoured because it was planning to ground the airline. And um, that's another uh, another aspect that uh, makes me a little bit unhappy about the way we're administering the law in this country. I think uh, if, it, if something is illegal, it should be prosecuted. Well, speaking of Qantas, Ben, I tell you what, if it's one person that would have been happy this week in a week where he had to deliver some pretty bad news, it would have been Alan Joyce. I mean, uh, this has been a fantastic smokescreen for him. Uh, Qantas during the week announcing a number of up to 500 jobs to be lost, uh, many of those maintenance jobs, and particularly down here in uh, Melbourne at Avalon by the looks of it. Yeah. By the end of the week, Alan Joyce is uh, getting out there, and I said last week on the Australia desk that he knows how to work the media. He was out there painting himself as a saint, and, uh, you know, he was doing the right thing, of course. Qantas yeah. is stepping in with Jetstar and picking up all these stranded passengers. Indeed, uh, it, it, it was uh, it was quite useful, but I think the magic uh, of the Air Australia collapse is fast wearing off. I noticed today a number of very scathing uh, reports uh, creeping into the uh, business pages of various newspapers, looking again very carefully at what he was claiming would happen with the Asian uh, venture and just how terribly bad the results for Qantas shareholders are in the mm. last six monthly reports. So many topics, Ben and so little time.
time. Unfortunately, uh, time's got the better of us, but uh, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Ben Sanderland, you can find him at blogs.crikey.com.au slash plain talking. And Ben, we can follow you on Twitter at plain talking. Indeed, you can. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Australia Desk this evening. All the best. Well, interesting times, Grant. Uh, I tell you what, uh, there's going to be a lot of fallout for this, as uh, Ben intimated there. And uh, I don't think this story is going to go away in a hurry, but uh, we're going to go away right now. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And despite everything I've done this week, I'm still Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks. Southern Skies. Online Media.